Hello and welcome to this Shepherd's Fold podcast. My name is Brent Van Hook and I'm glad that you have joined us today. You're listening to an encouragement podcast series meant to build up and encourage ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Brad Hambrick, a friend of mine for many years. I've admired his ministry for a long time. Brad, thank you for joining us and for being our special guest today. Oh, wonderful. It's my pleasure to get to be a part of it. Thank you for the invitation. Well, it's our honor. Tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you better. Yes, I would imagine, like many of the folks listening to this podcast, I am an individual who wears multiple hats. Uh, and so some of the hats that I wear uh, is I serve as the pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. I also serve uh, on the faculty at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, in Wake Forest, which is right up the road here as a professor of counseling. I've been married for 20-plus years to my wonderful patient wife, Sally. <laughs> we have two boys, one in eighth grade, one who's a sophomore. Uh, and if anybody is interested in resources from the work that I do, all kinds of articles and seminars, video-based resources available at bradhambrick.com. Almost everything there is free, and if it's useful to anybody, would love for it to be a blessing. Well, I would encourage all listeners to go to your website and find out some of the resources that you're able to offer. Brad, let me raise a couple questions, and I'd like your insights regarding these questions. The first question is this. Why are ministers important? Yeah. As I was thinking over that question, you were gracious enough to send it to me in advance so I could give it a little forethought and not just be off the cuff. <laughs> The thing that stood out to me is ministers are important because God created people for community. You know, the church is a redemptive community. Yes. Uh, and if as pastors and ministers, if we think our job is to fix everything that needs to be fixed, you know, we'll burn out and uh, just get overwhelmed. Uh, our role is to foster a community where believers come alongside one another to persevere in life's hardships and invite other people into that community by sharing the gospel. And so in that sense, ministers are important uh, because the church is essential. The church is the family, the redemptive community that God wants us to have. And so I hope as various ministers are listening to this, that that's both encouraging, that what you do is vital and stress relieving in that you are there to foster a community for people to care for one another, not to have to carry the full load yourself. Yes, yes, that is so true. Well, then let me ask this follow-up question. Why should ministers keep going and not give up? And if I can take just a, a touch of liberty here, uh, maybe put a how in there uh, as a, a part of getting to the why of, you know, how do we keep going? at least from my experience, maybe one of the most neglected things for those in the ministry is, is we don't always have great community. Mm. Uh, if we're doing our job of creating community for others, that oftentimes we're the ones who wind up alone in the dark. And, and one thing I would wanna say there is uh, pastors are people too. And if we're gonna say that people are made for community and because of that, people need the church, Pastors need a church too, not just as a place of employment, but a community of people who comes alongside of you. And so for those who are listening, I just maybe offer two questions uh, to think through that from a, uh, a couple of different angles. 
um, you know, who are the friends that you talk to? That these are folks that you, I mean, you banter with, you talk about your hobbies and interests, you can be honest about hardships and discouragements, that everything that if we, if we picked up the one another commands of the New Testament and we wanted to do a teaching series or a sermon series on what God made the church to be, who are those friends for you? Having that list of these are people who know me by my first name. They take a genuine interest in me, not an interest that's a derivative of what I do. Uh, second question, who do you discuss your limits with? You know, this would be whoever that direct report is within your church's ecclesiastical system. Uh, it may be a pastor that you report to. It may be a board of elders, of directors, or, or whoever it may be. But I know when I've been in these kind of situations, one of the ways that we've talked about it is these are the people that protect me from me. Uh, that as I come up with all kinds of good ideas, or at least I think they're good when I come up with them, <laughs> uh, things that, that I want to do, these are the people who, who ask me, Brad, if you say yes to that, what are you going to say no to? Who look at my plate and say, does all of that need to be on your plate? I know you like it all and you care for people and you want to do it, but these are the people who look at me and say, hey, a decade from now, I still want you to enjoy life and be doing ministry. And so first question was, who are the friends? Uh, and then who are the people that discuss those limits with you? Because if we're going to say ministers are people too, then we need that just like everybody else does. And if we, you know, if we come back to the why of like, man, why is why are ministers important? Because the church is essential. If if we just use that as motivation without acknowledging our limits, it becomes this whip of guilt that we just think, oh, if it's this important, I've got to do it. I can't stop. I can't quit. When we recognize that God is a good Father, who doesn't treat us like an employee, but treats us as His children and that he wants this for us as much as he wants to use us to cultivate this for others, and we participate in what we help create for others, then that's beautiful and satisfying and sustainable. Yes, yes, so inspiring and so practical. Thank you, Brad. Hey, as we prepare to bring the podcast to a close, before we do, what kind of word of encouragement would you like to bring to our listeners today? As I was thinking down this track, the, the passage that came to mind was uh, the conversation between Jethro and Moses uh, in Exodus 18, where, you know, if you look at it, Moses is radically overworking. There's a line of people outside his tent that he's got no way to see. And I don't think it's surprising that it's father-in-law uh, that comes to him. Hmm. You know, that his baby girl is getting neglected in the midst of all that's going on. I think if we read between the lines, there's a good chance uh, she had come crying to daddy and daddy came talking to Moses because because this is not what Moses said he was going to do when he asked for her hand in marriage. And the initial part of this doesn't sound like an encouragement because what Jethro says to Moses, he says, what you're doing is not good. And oftentimes when we hear a statement like that, we can kind of bow up and not want to receive it and go, if it's not good, then you could sure fool me because there's plenty of people lined up outside my tent trying to get it. <laughs> um... But the way that Jethro caveats it, it's clear that Jethro wasn't talking about the quality of Moses' work. 
He says, what you're doing is not good because you're surely going to wear these people out and yourself. Mm. He was saying it's not good because the quality is bad, but because it's not sustainable. Mm. And uh, you get the sense that this is something that hit Moses between the eyes because most of the rest of uh, when you read the Pentateuch, Moses is writing all kinds of stuff that he got straight from the mouth of God. This is like the one time where he's like, my daddy-in-law gave me this lesson that was just way too good for me not to put it in a book. If I <laughs> book. And so you just got to know that this is true. And what we see in that is the fatherliness of God, where it's like, Moses, you're not just my prophet and my employee, where I'm trying to get out of you everything that I can. You're my child. And if you're, if you're not in a position to flourish and thrive, I'm not a God who wants to run you in the ground. And so my prayer for those listening is that you've got a Jethro or three in your life and that when that moment comes and that person comes and they talk in love and they just look and they say, hey, this isn't good because it's not sustainable. Uh, we would have the humility in that moment to receive it, not as an indictment, but as an invitation. Just like he wants a church, he wants us to have Sabbath too. And so please receive that invitation to rest and relationship as you think about doing what you're doing for decades and not just weeks. Well, what you've brought to us today, Brad, is a hope-filled, practical message. Thank you for that. Listeners, I want to remind you, you can learn more about Shepherd's Fold Ministries at shepherdsfoldministries.com. You can learn more about our special guest at bradhambrick.com. And Brad, once again, Thank you for being our special guest today. My pleasure.